The Rebrand Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, and I Hear Everything production. This podcast tells the stories of world-changing marketing campaigns as told by the people who build them. In each episode, you'll hear an earful of brilliance from a marketer who has brought an iconic brand to life. Ready to hear the secrets and untold stories behind the brands you love? Then sit back, relax, and get ready for the rebrand. Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of OH Partners, Scott Harkey. All right, welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, where, as you know, we tell the untold stories of world-changing brand campaigns as told by marketers who built them. I'm your host and founder of the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey. And today we're going to hear about Dimensions of Wealth. Joining us is Seth Streeter, who is the founder and chief impact officer at Mission Wealth, which is a nationally recognized wealth management company overseeing more than $5 billion in assets for clients all across the U.S. The company's vision is to provide caring advice that empowers people to realize true wealth. All right, today, Seth and I are going to discuss redefining true wealth across 11 dimensions of life. I've known Seth for a long time, little background. Seth and I are in the same YPO form. And I just think it's incredible what Seth's built and how it's really been more about purpose and really differentiating in a really crowded and kind of boring space at times in financial services. So we're going to, I'm sure, jump all over the board, but we're going to have a lot of fun with Seth today. Seth's the chief impact officer. He's also founder of Mission Wealth. So let's get into it, buddy. How you doing, man? Hey, Scott. Doing great. Thanks for having me. All right. We kind of talked about this before we started recording, but I've done a lot of financial service marketing in my career. And anytime I do financial service marketing, a lot of times I'll print out all these different ads for all these companies. And they're like saying the same thing, like financial freedom and this and that. And it's like, I call it the sea of sameness. How are you able to differentiate mission wealth with some big dogs in the space, especially early on? Like I'm sure there's a lot of founders out there, maybe a lot of marketing people for startups or early phase companies, like how do you differentiate? How did you build a, you know, $5 billion in assets? Yeah. Well, we started off like everyone else doing what we thought was a way to do it by following people ahead of us. So we essentially did the same thing. We did direct mail, we did cold calling, we started doing seminars and in doing that, you know, you learn, you cut your teeth and you learn a lot. I think one of our first key pivots was focusing on life events So we really said, who are the clients we can best serve? These are clients that are going through major life events. They've just sold their company. They've just retired. They've just gone through a divorce. They've just lost a loved one. That's when they're in need of comprehensive planning, tax investment strategy. And so we started to focus our marketing around life events. And that started to attract those types of people to us that were going through those particular life quakes, as they're called, in their lives And from there, then it kind of evolved into different partnerships that we formed. That's interesting. So we have a lot of like in other categories, you know, whether you're buying a home or you're buying a car, you're buying life insurance, there's certainly a lot of data and triggers for marketing campaigns that trigger what you're talking about in terms of these life events. I love how you took a trigger of an event knowing that that's when your services are going to be on the radar. But then you really, I think, 
took a, a human approach to like, what do they really need? It's not just money management, but it's something more than that. And it kind of sounds like that's kind of the foundation of how the company started. Can you elaborate maybe a little bit more of that? And then I know you're doing, you've kind of taken your passion in that regard, which is why I think it's been so authentic and so successful is because I know you're passionate about personal growth for people. But maybe in, especially in those early stages, and today, how did that product evolve of not just financial services of like really looking holistically at how you maybe empower somebody's life or I don't know, maybe maybe talk to our listeners a little bit more about that. Sure. Well, like many founders, it's our own personal journey that ends up shaping the business journey. And for myself, I was on this path of scripted success that I was following. You know, you work hard, you, you get your degrees, you grow your company, you, you amass some, some wealth, and then you should be happy. And it didn't necessarily work. That formula wasn't necessarily working for me. And on my own kind of wake up call after I went through a tough divorce and had some health issues and went through the financial crisis, I started to see parallels with clients. I've been helping clients for years and our team had been helping clients for years, protect their wealth, grow their wealth. But just because someone had a $10 million house didn't necessarily mean that they were fulfilled. And while I was on this personal growth journey, I also dove in and did some service trips with my kids went to Honduras, Guatemala, you know, worked with orphans and, and other families and saw people that literally had almost nothing from a material standpoint, yet in some ways they were more fulfilled than some of these clients that we'd helped grow all this wealth and these enormous homes. So I kind of woke up to the degree of saying, look, wealth is not just about money. Wealth is about a lot more than money. And as I started kind of learning what that expanded, more holistic view of wealth is, I started to say, how can we help our clients also enjoy greater fulfillment by looking at these expanded dimensions of wealth. And we actually came up with 11 different dimensions to su support them with. Wow. Okay. So your personal experience, would you say that created a product that was differentiated in the marketplace? I'd say it was an approach and a service. So okay. we're a service business. So, you know, you can differentiate by price, product, or service at the end of the day, any company as a service business, you know, we don't want to try to be the lowest cost. We're not going to differentiate by price. And frankly, as the world's become more commoditized, everyone has access to the same ETFs or money managers or CPAs or attorneys. So we knew we had to differentiate on service, not price or product. And so the way that we deliver these services, the types of programs we help our clients work on to help make major changes in their life, these types of programs are what really has helped differentiate Mission Wealth and has allowed us to create a very caring approach for clients where they feel like we care about their whole self, not just their financial part of their lives. So I had Todd Davis on from LifeLock and I know you got a chance to meet Todd from LifeLock as well. And mm -hmm. when, when he put his social security number out, he called it lightning in a bottle, right? Like he was on, I think he was on like a, you know, CNBC episode or, or Fox or somebody, a big, you know, nationally syndicated television. When he was about to put his social security, he like the phone lit up. Did you have a similar, maybe, you know, I mean, you're not a consumer brand, but were you noticing when you meet with clients, it was converting a lot faster after this Honduras trip or, or was it still kind of a grind kind of getting the clients and there was a lot of different tactics involved, whether it's seminars or other maybe financial service marketing tactics involved? And did it still kind of feel like a grind or did you see like incremental success or how when you had kind of this differentiation service light bulb, how, how was it like after that? Well, I'd say it was twofold. Number one is we really got better at building out partnerships. And so we have some national referral partners that really opened up the national footprint for us. We got better at hiring, training, you know, building our team. So I think we got better at execution. 
But the lightning in a bottle, if I had to think of one, was really my own wake-up call to the fact that vulnerability is a strength. I was following my people ahead of me and saying, gosh, I have to be a button-up financial serious professional. That's what people want with their wealth manager. And here I was having all these personal wake-up calls in my own journey. And as I started to realize that clients would really connect more if we started to show and share that vulnerability with them. And so by creating more of an openness and traveling, I love this quote, you know, the longest distance many of us travel are the 13 inches from our head to our heart. As we became more caring, more heart-based and how we connected and cared for clients, that resonated and that built deeper connections with clients and started to really resonate with them and started to help us kind of uh, set ourselves apart from the other firms that were more just operating from the mind, doing great technical work. We do great technical work and we operate from the heart. And I think our caring, how our whole team cares for our clients is our secret ingredient. That's awesome. So what I love is I've actually on this podcast had a number of service businesses on here because I think a lot of times in some marketing shows or marketing classes, we, we focus a lot on consumer brands and some campaign driven thing that had success. Or on the other end, we talk about some international brand like Patagonia or, you know, Yeti. And those are easy examples. But I think what I love is, is examples in more businesses that are more common, right? And how there's been success in, in not some Super Bowl ad, but how there's been success in tough business and as those entrepreneurs out there understand, as I understand, I, I can relate a lot to you when you talk about heart versus mind. And we all know from a marketing standpoint that it needs to be heartfelt. And you know, people make decisions emotionally first and justify it with logic. But yet we get in our head a lot of times in marketing, get in the weeds and we miss it. And for me, where I can relate is when I started to embrace vulnerability. And for me, it was a trip to rehab and it was a divorce and it was really just pretty much getting my ass kicked where I was like, okay, life, like I'm going to flow with, with my heart and with life and, and with the flow of nature. And all of a sudden, like just gold mines were hitting everywhere after that shift for me. So I totally understand what you're saying. I can see why that success happened. And with you, what I love is because I know you so well, like it's not some slogan like bullshit. Like it's, it, you believe that, you feel that, you live that. I want to hear a little bit about, and I'm totally off my topic of kind of what we chose, but that, that's fine. No one cares. I want to talk about some of your life 3.0 kind of stuff and some stuff that you've been doing. And So Scott, I have a, a recent example that I think kind of exemplifies this approach. We were dealing with a woman who unfortunately had lost her husband. She was a rather young widow in her late 50s. And both of her sons had gone off to college on the East Coast. She was living in California. And she had a successful business. She had plenty of money. So going in there as a financial advisor, you're like, oh, you're going to be fine. You have nothing to worry about. But I could tell that she really wasn't doing great from an emotional standpoint. She you know, felt like she empty nested and lost her husband at the same time. She had a very demanding company that she was really the primary person in that was really wearing her down. And so I said, hey, let's just take a beach walk. I said to this client, let's take a beach walk. I'd love to talk to you a little bit. And so we took a beach walk and she was kind of sharing what's going on in her life. And I said, what brings you joy? Tell me what brings you joy. And she kind of looked at me. What brings me joy? I said, exactly. Like what lights you up? And so she started to share as we're walking on the beach. She said, you know, I used to love cooking for my family and friends and I miss cooking. And I used to, I used to have a gratitude journal and I love yoga if I ever get to it. And I like getting up early and drinking coffee and watching the sunrise. Mm -hmm. And she started to share these things that brought her joy. And I said, thank you for sharing that with me. 
And after finishing the walk, I went back and, and I had our marketing team create a really beautiful top 10 joy list for her. And we laminated it. We made it really nicely graphically designed. And I, I mailed that to her just saying, thank you for the walk and thank you for sharing. And here's to more joy. And she took that card. She said she put it on her mirror and she's told all her friends about it. And she's referred a bunch of clients and she's like a client for life, not because of how great we've done on the wealth management side, which we have, but because she felt seen, she felt heard, she felt cared for. And that's just an example. When you go the extra mile with people, that connection really lands. And that's how you can differentiate yourself from a company that's just providing great features and benefits, products and services to more of a humanistic heart-based connection. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I, what a missed opportunity with existing clients to just blow it out of the water and to get back to what we all deserve, which is to have joy. And what's funny about the joy thing is uh, you actually connected me with my business coach uh, from Santa Barbara, where, where you're at. And uh, he challenges me a lot. And he asked, you know, hey, Scott, you know, what percent of this week did you experience joy? That's a tough one. I'm like, man, I don't know, 50%. It's like, well, come on, brother. Like, how do we get to 100, right? And to be able to do insane listening for somebody and a key client and to get those nuggets of how they're fulfilled in their life. Oh my gosh, for service businesses, what a perfect opportunity for success that that grows. And this isn't some email campaign or ad campaign or slogan. Like this is one by one gaining true disciples of your brand and having it little of a, you know, just a laminated piece. And I, I love brands like there's a lot of D to C brands that when they send you the package, like there's this like little handwritten note, or I really think there's so much opportunity for our existing customers to help them become more of our tribe and our biggest marketing tool um, out there because they're going to tell everyone how great we're doing and how you're doing. So that's a freaking amazing example. And the key to that is really listening, right? I always say to our team, listening is the highest form of loving. And we do listening training. We did, we talked about, hey, there's three levels of listening. Level one, the lowest level is listening to reply. I'm just listening for how I can reply. Level two listening is listening to understand. And level three listening is listening for what's not being said, listening with your whole body. And when companies and brands and professionals can listen to that degree, their customers are going to feel connected in ways they wouldn't feel with someone who's just listening to reply, giving them what they immediately need. So it's that deeper connection, finding that need beneath the need that allows companies to become exponential brands, even in quote unquote boring industries. Oh, listen, listen, listen. And you know, I've even heard you talk about those different forms of listening and Man, I think I even had a social post on on listening the other day. It is it is so crucial. I love that, and I, I gain something every time I do these these stinking podcasts. And that's my biggest takeaway on that that active listening. So surface level, I try to tell brands like talk to your customers, talk to your customers. Don't talk to your customers like whatever your form of listening. I think you said the deepest is beyond listening to reply, which is where most of us are at. You know, ninety percent of the time listening to what's not being said. That's a, what a nugget in the service business. Here's what we're going to do because I do want to talk about some of the other things you're doing. You've got a ton of... I think the next topic was using business as a force for good. But I do want to talk about your 3.0 stuff because I just I love the speaking that you do on the, on the YPO circuit and some of the 
work you do for groups and the 3.0 stuff. So I, I do want to touch on that because I've had a lot of friends in the industry that have had that 3.0 reset. So I want to get into that a little bit. So let's tease our audience like, like we'd like to do because we think we know what we're doing here. We're two months old. I do want to brag a little bit. We were voted the number one podcast for business on Apple just this last week. I don't know how that's happening, but mostly our producer and the people around us and for sure the guests because we're just trying to find some nuggets out here as we're driving or we're, we're in our sauna or whatever. And it's people like Seth that are providing those. So he's going to give us some more. So we're going to wrap up the, this episode of the Rebrand Podcast, but don't go anywhere because tomorrow, as you know, we, we publish an episode every day during the work week. Seth, the founder and chief impact officer, I love that title, by the way, of Mission Wealth. Thank you for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, Seth and I are going to discuss using business as a force for good. If you can't wait till our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Seth, you'll find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can visit his company website at missionwealth.com or sethstreeter.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to the podcast, we're going to give you a cheat sheet. Just head over to rebrandpod.com. We'll have all the summaries of our episode and contact information for our guests. Of course, you can uh, subscribe to our newsletter. And if you have a dope marketing campaign, if you're doing something special in any industry, we want to hear about it. We're getting a ton of applications and we want the best of the best to talk about their most impactful marketing campaign. So apply to be a guest speaker. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at rebrandpod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, all the good stuff. You can probably more easily find me, uh, SharkyAZ on Twitter, also on you know all the good stuff. You can find me anywhere, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. Again, hit that subscribe button. I think I just checked the other day, we're almost 4,000 subscribers in less than about a month and a half. So we have some good guests and they're providing some some really, really good nuggets. Uh, so subscribe because then it's right there. I subscribed to all my favorites, got how I built this. I've got, of course, the daily, I mean, all the, all the best stuff. So hit that subscribe button. And we'll be right back next business day, but we're going to wrap it up. Uh, but remember, it's never too late to rebuild, reboot, or rebrand. Mm-hmm.